This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Lofban back in the chair, and it's another season, another trip to Wembley, another big signing, not another trophy. But of course, it's only a pre-season friendly when you don't win it, of course. It's only a, a trophy when you win it. Um, it's another season of the Man City Show, and thanks very much for tuning in again. My guests this week are A View from a Blue, Stephen Allwise. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Nigel. A View from Salford, Joe Doherty. Hi, Joe. Hi, Nigel. And A View from Knightsbridge. Steve Cox. Hi, Steve. Hello. Listen, we're going to discuss a number of things. We're going to talk about the Community Shields, the new season, Grealish, Kane, and electronic season tickets. We're also going to hear from a few fans who I chatted to up Wembley Way at the weekend before the Carabao. Carabao? I'm so used to we win that every year, uh, the Community Shield. Um, so let's talk about that first. Let's start with that. Disappointing, obviously. City Reserves playing uh, a reasonably strong Leicester lineup, at least to start with. Uh, Stephen, how did, how did you see it? Um, can we read very much into that? Can you ever read much into a, a pre-season friendly like that? No, not at all, really. Um, it, it had the feel from very early on as sort of a half-hearted game. Um, and you come away from it feeling no real emotion at not, not lifting some more silverware. Um, you saw the strength of the teams. If if you'd have seen that on paper, of course, Leicester would have been the favourites. They had pretty much, I know they've had a couple of serious injuries, but that was pretty much a team that they could play with every week in, in the Premier League. And and we had maybe two, three, four possible starters. Um, so no, don't read anything. Three. Yeah, you, you can't read anything into it. The, the challenge for us, and I'm sure we'll get onto it, is how we train over the next week and then start the season as well as we can do given all the circumstances but I thought we, thought we did okay against a side who are probably going to finish kind of top half of the table again Joe were you disappointed when you saw that lineup with Stephen so I reckon three maybe yeah if you generous maybe four first teamers in the lineup is I guess what we were expecting anyway but disappointed well, obviously, you'd rather win than not. But once I saw the team we put out, I really wasn't expecting much. And I think as the game went on, 
the fact that the player that impressed me most on the pitch for us was Stefan in goal, I think was quite telling about how a lot of the game was going. I, I thought we did okay. I thought the younger lads, I thought Palmer looked all right. Edozios has been very good in pre-season. But I think when you're playing people as inexperienced as that, you know, these aren't these these aren't very like these aren't people who are very likely to even start in the early rounds of the League Cup. These are complete debutants just getting a bit of experience. So I think when you're playing people like that, in it just shows that we, you know, the game wasn't our priority. Perhaps um, they, I, it, it almost felt like at times they were almost using it as a chance to to showcase Grealish for the first time, just to give him a, a debut without too much pressure. So not really. No, I wasn't too disappointed. And you know, the only the only time I'd be really gutted if we lost the community. Well, not even gutted, but in any way. Uh, bothered about losing the Community Shield would be if it had been to one of our rivals. I haven't got a problem with Leicester. I thought Ianacho, you know, fair play to him, conducted himself very well after that goal. And good luck to him. And yeah, I was all right with it, to be honest. I like the way we applauded him as well when his name was called out and so on. And uh, uh, yeah, a way to do it, isn't it, with, uh, with people like that. Uh, we'll come on to Grealish and the way he was booed, I suppose, as well in, in a minute too. But Steve, before we, we move on, uh, your your thoughts about the game itself? Anybody particularly stand out for you? Not really. I mean, it was it was a fairly pedestrian place. I'd, uh, I'd say I had two better players, as Joe pointed out. One was Stefan. The other one actually was Diaz, to be honest with you. He didn't put a foot wrong and he looks like he's not had a break since the, the Euros, to be honest with you. He just comes back out fighting all the time. The rest of the team, man, Fernandinho looked really, really... Um, Lame, I thought. He just didn't didn't seem to have the energy, didn't seem to have the accuracy in his passing, not his usual kind of self. Um, it was a bit of a so-so game, really. I sat there almost falling asleep at one point, thinking, you know, they were kind of passing the ball around and not really achieving much. And we just lacked something up front, really. Adozi had probably our best chance. And, and, and actually, given the way he'd been playing in, in the pre-season games, I expected him to bury that one. Um, but, you know, he just, nerves probably just got the better of him. But, yeah. I guess it was just like say one of those where you like it if you win it and if you don't win it it's like yeah. Let, let's talk about the, the youngsters then quickly before before we get on to Grealish. Um, obviously, Adozi's got a, a, a perfect nickname already waiting for him, of course. Um, so Fan Dab, of course, will will be attached to the start of his name. I'm sure uh, it might even be the uh, the title of this podcast. Who knows? Fandabadozi. I think we might have had that before, actually, last season. Uh, Stephen, have you seen much of him? He, he's obviously scored, I think, in every uh, pre-season game, um, which is why he probably deserved a start. Obviously, I think a, a Millwall uh, Academy graduate. Um, Joe's yeah, made I, the I, point. We're probably not going to see a lot more of him, are we, throughout the season? To be no, fair, I don't. I don't think we will. Um, I'll be honest. I'd never heard of him until a few weeks ago in pre-season. Um, he seems to have come from nowhere in the sense of, sort of the youngsters who last season were, were on the fringes or got named on the bench a few times, like Delap and Palmer and Doyle, um, Harwood Bellis a few times. Sort of, they were in and around the squad. Idozi, I don't think, were featured at all last season. So sort of the fact that he's played the pre-season games and made an impression is clearly good for him. But is uh, there is zero chance he will play a minute against Spurs even next week with everyone coming back from from their breaks. But you know, it's it's good experience for them. It's it's a you know nice for someone like Palmer who has had his moments to be given a, a chance from the start next to 
Gundogan, he's got Mares one side as well. So it's it's a real achievement for them, and, and you just hope it spurs them to kick on. But um, I think we'd be surprised, we'd all be surprised, really, if we saw much more of of them this season, really. Joe, any thoughts on Palmer in particular? Um, good, good to see him get his, his opportunity. Looked a bit leggy at times, didn't really... He seemed a bit out, outclassed at times. I'm not trying to be unfair to the lad, but but it, it was a difficult debut, wasn't it, for him? Yeah, it wasn't easy. And it was never going to be. He's, you know, like, like we've said, Leicester did put quite a decent side out. Um, it was never going to be that easy for him. Um, obviously, you compare it to some of the other teams that a lot of our younger players who've made perhaps more of an impact coming on have had to play. You obviously Foden, was it Oxford, he came on and scored against. Uh, Dilap was Bournemouth. You know, this is a serious team, so it was not easy for Palmer at all. But it's a very good bit of experience to get under his belt um, at this stage in his career. Because when you think about it, uh, a lot of the younger players that have either broken into the first team or at least maybe had a shot of being in the first team but weren't quite good enough and ended up elsewhere, I don't think any of them would have had to start against anyone quite as difficult as Leicester. So I thought in the circumstances... I mean, he tried his best, but it was probably just a little bit of step too far to him at this stage. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, before the game at the weekend, uh, I wandered down to the steps just below the underground station at Wembley Park. And I, and I caught up with a number of City fans and kind of asked their view about the Community Shield, um, about Grealish, about Kane and, and their thoughts about the season ahead. Let's hear what they have to say. So I've made my way to the bottom of the Wembley Park tube station steps. Uh, caught up with John and his family here before kickoff. John, uh, good to see you. Uh, what, what are your thoughts then ahead of kickoff then against Leicester? Say, well, I think we're going to win. Obviously, two-one. Uh, we're hoping Grealish is going to get on, and he's going to show us what he's made of. And uh, we'll look to the future. The king is dead. Long live the king. And what's your thoughts about Grealish? I mean, people have said, obviously, 100 million is a hell of a lot of money, which it is, of course. It is a lot of money, but in these times, that's the kind of money you want. If you want a good player, that's what you're going to have to fork out for. So I think it's a good deal, and uh, we'll soon find out, won't we? And where do you think is Pep going to play him? I know we've had the false nine last season. Aguero's gone. We haven't heard of anybody coming in yet. There's all sorts of rumours. Well, we want him on the pitch. We don't care if he's in goal, as long as he's on the pitch. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. It'll be all right. We're good. Uh, I'm with Liam here. Uh, Liam, good to see you. Uh, it's a bit of a pain keep coming to Wembley, isn't it, every five minutes? Etty? Well, you know, I can't complain. You know, there's a lot of games. Uh, FA Cup finals, League Cup finals, Community Shields. But I, I love the Community Shield. I mean, it's a good day out at Wembley and it's a trophy at the end of the day. Uh, Is it a trophy, though? Some say it's a glorified friendly. I don't think... It's not a major trophy, but I class it as a trophy. I mean, it's, it's something you want to win. You don't want to go there and lose it, so... You know, I for me it's a trophy. And your thoughts ahead of the season before we talk about the Community Shield itself. So, so we've invested obviously in uh, in young Grealish. Kane might be on his way as well. We've lost Aguero. Other teams around us are improving. What are your thoughts ahead of this season for City? Well, I think we need Harry Kane. Uh, Grealish is an excellent signing, but that striker is something we've been looking for. And last season we coped without one, but this season I don't think we would. So Harry Kane. We definitely need to get him. And I think if we get him, we should win the league and the Champions League as well. It's a big possibility. It's, you look at Paris Saint-Germain, they're getting stronger in, uh, in Europe. Chelsea are getting stronger in the league. But I think we will win the league and the Champions League. 
I think we'll be at the final again. I'm not sure what will happen, but that's my prediction. So if we don't get Kane, are you then saying we won't win the league? I think we can. I think it's much, much harder, though. Uh, if you look at Chelsea getting Lukaku and have a good team already. Liverpool, Van Dijk's coming back. United have got a really good team. So I think we could. But I think if Kane comes, I think it's almost a certainty winning the league. And let's just talk about Grealish quickly, because you can't ignore that. A massive, a massive figure uh, in terms of the fee. Your, your thoughts of him as a player and what he's going to bring to City? Oh, I love Jack Grealish. I mean, some people are saying he won't fit. There's... You know, we're strong enough in those positions. But Pep really wants him. That's the thing. For years, he's talked about him. So he must fit in his team. And I think it's a good thing for England as well because Pep can show Southgate, oh, Ford and Sterling, Kane, Grealish. They can all work in the same team. So if we've got a really strong City core in the England team, it helps the national team as well. So I think he's going to be a brilliant signing. I mean, he can do he can play any position he wants. He's... It's, just, it's, a, it's brand as well it's like Beckham level he could be like in terms of his brand appeal and uh, I'm really excited to see him play and how does Pep keep these superstars all happy when he's got to do so much rotation oh, it's difficult isn't it I mean you've heard Bernardo Silva wants to leave uh, a couple more players apparently want to leave but I think in terms of refreshing the squad Grealish is something he's a player that he had to bring in and I'll miss Bernardo Silva but you need to refresh the squad uh, can't have the same players because they will just get tired when you look at Raheem Sterling, he didn't get as much minutes as he wanted last season. Uh, but he's a top, you know, world-class player. It is really difficult, but uh, I think it's really difficult. It's uh, difficult to say, but, you know, the strongest 11 need to play, and it is hard to fit everyone in. Your thoughts ahead of the season then, Jake? Um, so obviously we've got a, a quite a young squad. We invest every single season in young players. Obviously Phil Foden come through the academy, but you know Grealish is only 25, 26. So I think he's got a lot of potential playing a song alongside his favourite player Kevin De Bruyne. Um, but I really think that we're obviously favourites to win the league again after winning the previous season. So I think it's a promising season ahead. But obviously Pep's goal is going to be Champions League after getting to the final. Um, previous seasons not doing as uh, probably expected, but. I think that we've got a real good chance to win the Champions League this season. Um, but yeah, definitely favourites for this season. I think we'll, we'll win it again, um, given our squad depth, um, the amount of quality we got. So yeah, I really think that we're going to go far again this season. Without Aguero and with Kane not joining as yet as we go as we do this recording, are we not still short of a 30-goal a season man up front? I know we can play the false nine and we did that successfully, but are we really going to win the Champions League without an out-and-out striker of that quality? You know, I really think we do because I think we're going to win it because we have so many players that can switch in and out of that role. I think we've proven that Gundogan can play from a holding midfielder to a false nine. Um, De Bruyne can do it. Bernardo can do it. Mahrez can do it. We've got so many players that can just switch in and out that no team in the Premier League, no team in the Champions League has yet switched onto that system yet. And I think that's why we, again, are going to go far just because Pep's a genius and the amount of adaptability within the squad... And how Pep can bring that, how Pep can bring the best quality out of players, is gonna is gonna really make Man City a real favourite for for every competition this season. Where's he gonna play Grealish? Well, this is the thing. This is what I think. Um, you've got players like Foden, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Mares, Grealish. They're just gonna interchange. Like and Sterling, you know, that's the player I've not even mentioned yet. Sterling's one of the players you'd like to get in behind. He's got pace. I think he'll play on the right, but. 
I think Grealish will sit in um, that kind of central midfielder role alongside De Bruyne, and they'll allow they will allow um, the system will allow him to be pushed forward um, because Fernandinho will be able to or Rodri be able to sit deep off of that cover. Um, and De Bruyne and Grealish will just play as a pair going forward. And you know, you ask where you know uh, Bernardo or he might be on the way out, but uh, Gundogan sit in in that system. But you know, it's about squad rotation. We play on every single competition, every single season. So we need that squad depth anyway. And I think every player will get their fair share of play. So yeah, for me, Grealish will sit in that central midfield role, um, working with De Bruyne to get in them wide areas, get those balls in because they're very similar players. And what about today then? We're recording this before the teams have been announced, so we don't know the lineups. But what do you worry about Leicester City? Um, Vardy, his pace, um, how clinical he is, um, how he. just how, of a, how much of a threat he is. Um, he's, not, he's not afraid to take any prisoners at the end of the day. Um, and you look at him and think, he's a bit of a thug, isn't he? So um, he loves a goal, and I think our defence could struggle against him today um, obviously we've got a bit of a depleted squad um, but our defence is a bit strong I think having watched pre-season having Diaz come back having Cancelo Mendy um, being that defence it's a bit stronger than I would say our forward line is but yeah I'd say Vardy is their, their main threat today and um, uh, yeah he's always been a goal scorer Now I've just caught up with Andy and Andy that does not sound like a Manchester accent to me where, where, where are you living and where are you from what's your city history with an accent like that well I'm from uh, born in South Lincolnshire I've been going to see City since 1968 my father's cousin took me to Main Road for the first time when I was eight years old and I've uh, been following City ever since so season ticket holder currently uh, as is uh, as is a daughter amazing so I will chat with your daughter in a second but before we get to her your thoughts of City's prospects this season before we get into the Community Shield your thoughts about this season and obviously other teams are improving around us we've made an amazing signing in Grealish what do you think the season holds for City I think as always over the course of the last 10 years uh, our destiny will be in our own hands I think if we can keep free of injury like we kept free last year if Guardiola can keep the, the squad in check, like he has done, uh, I think we'll have a good season. Uh, rotation is going to be the key. Game management is going to be the key. Keeping the squad happy is going to be the key. And I th also think there could be one or two of the youngsters come through if they don't go out on loan. I'm not sure where Delap is at the minute, but, uh, you know, he would be a good addition to the squad. And if Guardiola can do with him what he's done with Foden, I think the, the future's bright for Delap. And let's just talk about Grealish, because I think we, we have to, really, with such a large price tag. First of all, £100 million. That's a lot of money, isn't it, for a young lad of 25? Um, it is a lot of money, but that's the world that we live in. You know, we've seen over the course of the, the Sky contracts, the money coming into the pot. We've seen the funds that City have got, you know, last season, winning the league, winning the League Cup, getting the final of the Champions League. Money's coming in. So... Yeah, we're in a situation by this time next week where we could be um, net expenditure. If somebody leaves for 50 or 60 million, we've got Grealish for free. Uh, I ask City fans, and I'm asked this a lot as well, in terms of we obviously didn't quite make the Champions League. We got to the final and, and lost to Chelsea and Porto. This season, is that like, really, is that like, 
the number one priority or for you as a City fan is it dominate your domestic league win the, win the league again and the Champions League will come some, sometime soon what's your view of Champions League versus Premier League I always maintain that winning the league is harder than winning the Champions League you know it's week in week out and I think most City fans would say win the Premier League because that's what you'll be known as if you can win the Champions League it's the cherry on the cake but for me winning the Premier League is, is what it's all about So Andy's daughter Alex is here. I want to ask you about Grealish. I think he's a good player. I don't think he got his proper chance in the in the Euros. Um, there was obviously a reason behind him not playing as much as some of the other players. But I think he'll do well at City. I think he's proven himself, you know, in past games and past seasons. And I think he's it's his time to to shine and it's time to really show what he's capable of under management like uh, Pep. I think it'll hopefully bring the best out in him for us and, and give us that extra edge that we're probably missing now after losing players like Aguero. We need something and I think he might be it. And just talking about Aguero, if we don't get Kane, does that mean we're not going to win the Premier League, we're not going to win the Champions League? Because we kind of need a 30-goal-a-season striker, don't we, surely? I know we play this false nine and so on, but not having an out-and-out striker of that quality, that's surely going to hinder our chances, isn't it? I think losing Aguero is something that obviously every City fan is going to notice and every other, every other team and every other watcher of, of football is going to notice. But I don't think it hinders our chances. Harry Kane is an amazing player, but I don't think he is necessary for City to be successful. I think we've got a good team. Even when we don't have our first team out, we're still a very strong team. And I don't think, as much as I was a fan of Aguero, I think we'll be just fine without him. I think he did his course at the, 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 the club and I think we'll be fine without him. And what about today? Glorified, friendly or the first trophy in the cabinet? No, I think we'll get the trophy in the cabinet. I think it'll be a good game to watch. I think it'll be interesting, but I'm hoping that we'll bring it back. I'm hoping that it'll be ours. Steve, can I get your thoughts, having heard the fans there uh, at just before the game, your thoughts on Grealish? Uh, clearly, as I said in that piece, a, a massive fee, £100 million, pounds, um, but he's clearly a, a quality player. Um, you, your thoughts, what, what, does he, what does he bring to the team, first of all? What, 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 why have we bought him? I think he's got an amount of poise and skill, um, and he's got the ability to spot a pass. He, he's one of the best creating players that there is in the Premier League at the moment. Um, last year, I think he came second only to De Bruyne in chances that he created. Um, he scores quite a few goals. I think when you put him into a team like City, when, when he was at Villa, for example, he was quite heavily marked, mainly because he was their major threat. Um, coming to City, we've got a lot of threats all over the park, and that may give Grealish a bit more space to work with than he's been used to in the past, and that might actually open his game up a little bit more and develop him. I think, for me, he needs to lose some of the selfishness that he's had in the past. He's very a very self-centred kind of player rather than a... He is a team player, and it, it sounds wrong, but he's very much about the self, and I think Guardiola is more for team players. I think he's got to realise more what he can offer the team and um, how he can actually contribute to what City can actually do from an attacking perspective. But I think he's a good buy. It's expensive, but I think you're buying a player of that ability at that age, then you're going to have to pay top dollar for it. £100 for a selfish player, Steve Cox says. Joan, how do you respond to that? 
Well, I think I think he's got a point in that. Um, obviously, Grealish, he's going to need to put a bit of ego behind him. But I think that could happen quite easily because there's a bit of a difference between playing with you know some of the players he's been with at Villa. Obviously, Villa have got a decent team, but they're not really on the same level as you know. He's playing with De Bruyne, he's playing with Sterling, he's playing with Mares. These are some seriously world class players, so he is going to have to put that put that to one side and perhaps contribute a bit more to the team. But uh, one thing I'm most excited about is I think since Sane's gone, we've missed someone who's just going to get the ball and run at the opposition and they're scared to go for him. He can either beat a man and create something or he'll win you a set piece, perhaps. Um, I think that's been somewhat missing the last couple of seasons. Obviously, we've got Sterling and Mahrez, they're capable of it. But Something we really missed when Sane went was he'd just get the ball and you'd be excited to watch him and he'd, and teams were terrified to go near him. And I really think Grealish can bring that to our team. Obviously, we're a team that, that is more about possession, perhaps, than, than, than a single player running at a back four. But I think it's always important to have someone there or thereabouts. So that's I guess that's why I'm most excited to have a player like Grealish in the side. Stephen, what, what, did, what does Pep see in him, do you think? I think maybe go slightly against what Joe was saying. I think he sees someone who is so good in possession that he will keep the ball and just fit seamlessly into our system. He'll drag defenders towards him. He's got the ability to go past a man, but he's also got the ability just to ping it around, be patient and wait until there is an opening. Um, and, And that's something that, so I think Pep really values that kind of David Silva, Gundogan role of you're not playing at 100% of your tempo the whole time. You're just picking your moments and dragging defenders out of position. He's just skillful, isn't he? He's, um, he'll fit perfectly into the way we play. I think he will have to maybe work harder off the ball than he may have done at Villa, where he's got runners and energy around him you know what our pressing is like. As soon as we lose it in the final third, it's win it back as quickly as you can. But on the mentality or, or ego side of things, I don't think there'll be any issue there because he he was the big fish, obviously, in a smaller pond at Villa. He's now the only player in that dressing room who's never won anything. So he can't have that same attitude and mentality at City. He knows he's the one who's got to raise his game or adapt his game. Um because he's got winners around him who won't settle for anything less than those high standards. But Pep loves him, clearly, the way he talks about him, the, the sense you get of how long he's pursued Grealish. I think he'll be a brilliant signing for us. And where does he play him, Steve? Because obviously he's, like many of sort of Pep's favourite players, he's adaptable. He can play wide on the left. Uh, he can play sort of a bit deeper. He can play as a false nine, potentially, as well. So lots of different options for Pep. Where do you see him being employed? I suspect until he gets used to the style of play, he'll probably appear more on the left than he will centrally because you've you, you kind of got the likes of De Bruyne, Gundogan, Foden, who are very much used to the system that we play, whereas he's coming into it fairly new, fairly fresh. And it, generally it takes players maybe four or five months to kind of settle in when they first arrive at City, just getting used to that pressing style, used to where they need to be. So I think he'll probably appear more on the left to start with. But like you say, I can see him moving more into the central area. The fact that he's interchangeable is great because we like our front players to actually switch around during a game. So I think his ability to do that is is perfect. He's a great player for us. A good signing. Joe, Pep's got a bit of a job, hasn't he, with all these massive egos, these these superstars. 
keeping everybody happy. He's got to rotate. What's his best 11? Do you have, do you have any idea? Does he have any idea? Do you think what his best 11 is? I'm not always sure he does. I think that I think that we as fans are all quite opinionated and what we see is the best 11. Obviously, there's certain, certain players that some fans rate, certain that others don't. Obviously, that's, all, that's what football is. It's a game of opinions. Um, I, at this moment in time, I still think... I still think I'd like to see us play with the false nine. Obviously, if Kane comes in, as I'm sure we'll touch on later, completely different story. Um, I, and that is not me saying I'm not, not a fan of Jesus. I am a fan of Jesus, but I like him better dropping deep and bringing players out of position. I think that as an out-and-out number nine, I'm not sure he's got it in him to get the goals required. But when you watch him off the ball and you see how he brings players out of possession, out of play and he, and he runs teams and presses them, I think there is a future for him in that role. A bit like Firmino does at Liverpool. Um, I, so I'd still like to see us go with a false nine. I totally agree with Steve that while he's learning learning the trade a bit, as it were, it's probably safer to see Grealish on the left when you've got people like De Bruyne and Gundogan who we know can do that job really well. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we're going to see the same eleven twice in a row. Very rarely this season. If if we want to compete on all four fronts, and you know, obviously last season was a great season. If we want to make that one better and win that Champions League and and win the FA Cup as well, you, you do need a very strong all round squad, and and you can't have any passengers in there. I mean, if you had to have a manager who Steve Stephen who was to kind of keep everybody sweet and. That's the man, of course, to do it. But that's a challenge, isn't it, for any manager with, with that array of talent and, and many of them having to sit on the bench sort of for, for a number of weeks during the season. It's not easy. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge challenge for him. It's probably his biggest challenge because um, I, I, I agree with, with what's been said. I don't think he's got the best 11 necessarily. He's probably got an 11 he chooses for a particular game. And a lot of the time that will be what we'd assume the, the best 11. You saw what he did in the Champions League final, though, when he brought Sterling in because he wanted maybe someone with a bit more pace out wide to run at Chelsea and he dropped a holding midfielder, which he hadn't done all season. We've, we've talked to death about that, but he's adapted our system on that day for that particular game. Um, but it's a huge challenge to keep everyone happy in that. That's presumably why we hear stories of players like Jesus and Bernardo, maybe not loving life in Manchester, linked with moves away. Because... Players may accept for a season, possibly two seasons, that they'll be in and out of the side. But, you know, at that level, they want to be playing every game. And we can't, you know, we can't commit to that unless you're De Bruyne's level and you know every big game that comes around, you're getting picked. You couldn't really say that for the rest of the front five. So they accept there'll be rotation, as Joe said, there's 50, 60, 70 games across the year if you get to the late stages of all the competitions. But I, th- I think you're right, Nigel, in calling out that it's a real challenge for Pep. Steve, uh, that challenge aside, uh, Pep was fairly open and, and honest and for the first time, I think, in a press conference when kind of he was quite open talking about Bernardo and some others clearly want to leave the club. I was quite surprised when I heard that. And uh, your, your, your thoughts on that? I mean, it's understandable when somebody like Greenish comes in, who's a similar player, I suppose, plays in a similar position, but someone like Bernardo would see his nose being pushed out of joint. You, your thoughts about Bernardo potentially leaving and any others who might be in that mix as well? 
Well, I think it's always sad when a player declares an interest in leaving. And, and the bit that the bit that I find most galling potentially about that is that he's not prepared to stay and fight for his place. So does that mean he doesn't back his ability or does that mean he's not got the fight or he's not got the will or he doesn't think he's going to get in ahead of these other players? He had a bit of a so-so season last year, Bernardo. He didn't really have a particularly great season. I thought he kind of... He played when he, and did what he was asked to when he was asked to, but he didn't really set the world alight. He was much better the season before, I think, when um, we were being pushed really hard by Liverpool for the championship. Um, other players, Jesus, he's never really seemed to set the world alight. He doesn't rip anything up. He's, he's not someone who, if he's available, you don't think, oh, because we haven't got a striker, we've got to have Jesus playing. He doesn't naturally come to mind. Whereas in the days of Aguero, when Aguero was fit and capable, Aguero would be almost like a, one of the first names on the team sheet. We've got to have a striker. Oh, it's going to be Aguero. Um, so I think there's a natural change coming in, in the team. And I think it's starting to freshen up a bit. Um, it does seem that Bernardo's off the boil a little bit. That may be personal circumstances, maybe not quite settled in Manchester. I don't know. But I'd rather, if he wants to go, go. Uh, who else then, Joe? Mendy? His name's been banded around as well, maybe. Laporte also, I've heard people sort of mentioning him as well. Have you got thoughts on any of those two? Well, I think it'll be a huge, huge mistake to see Laporte go. Obviously, if he wants to go, then that's up to him at the end of the day. But I personally think that'll be a huge mistake. Um, I think at this moment in time, we have three world-class centre-backs on their day in Diaz, Stones and Laporte. Um, in fact, you'd almost argue if, if one of them wasn't world-class of the three, you'd almost argue it was Stones rather than Laporte. I, I think Laporte is outstanding. And I don't want a repeat of what happened a couple of seasons ago where we, we maybe get a bit complacent about having someone who's kept the back four together. We obviously had lost company and then Laporte's out injured and the defence went to pot for the rest of the season. Whereas if we've got all three of them, Stones pulls something in the first couple of games. Diaz and Laporte are obviously a more than competent pairing. And even if there aren't any injuries, as I've said earlier, and as I think Stephen touched on, we need to rotate this season. So we, I personally believe we need at least three world-class centre-backs. And then obviously Ake is a very good fourth choice. Um, I, I think Laporte going to be a huge mistake. Uh, Mendy, you know, he's every year I really want to like him and want him to come back with the right attitude, but he's he's just really disappointed me in his time at City, and I find him quite difficult to to defend at this point. Sadly, I I think left back is probably the most puzzling issue or area of the squad because it's so blatantly obvious that we need a new left back. Yeah, Mendy. I think he's got a decent attitude. He's just, whether it's fitness or form, he's not able to string a few games together and therefore can't get back to his best that I don't think we've really seen at City. Cancelo can do a job probably as a second option on his weaker side. Zinchenko's maybe the best of the options we have, but you wouldn't say he's world-class at left-back. I think he's still learning the ropes in that position. It's just blindingly obvious to me that if you were to say where is the one area of the squad that we don't have the best player in the Premier League in that position, it's left-back. And I, I can't understand why we've not brought anyone in. We don't seem to be heavily linked. There's always rumours floating around, but it doesn't seem to be strong rumours. It just strikes me that that is the obvious position that we need to strengthen. Um, 
because yeah I, I want to like Mendy I, I want Zinchenko to be great I want Cancelo to do alright but they're not world class or top top quality Alright well listen we're going to talk about Harry Kane we're going to talk about electronic season tickets and the new season ahead but before we do that we're going to take a quick break Welcome back. Listen, I'm going to briefly just talk about electronic season tickets because it has seems to have dominated social media for a few days. People up in arms with the fact they can't have their old-fashioned season ticket and they're going to have to queue for hours. And interestingly, I saw at the weekend, I think Liverpool had a pre-season friendly and there were pictures of uh, queues outside Anfield. I think the kickoff had to be delayed half an hour because of the problems with their uh, electronic system. So people are concerned about it. Um, I don't know if anybody's got a strong view, Joe. Do you, do you have a view on this? Well, I think that for starters, that Liverpool example you just showed proves the flaws in the system. I think that it's quite unfair on a number of people who've been, especially a lot of people who've been following the club for decades, who perhaps don't have access to a smartphone or don't really know how to use one. And that's that's going to be a real struggle. And why should they, who are you know, very loyal supporters have to suffer because of this. I mean, I know on the face of it, when I first saw the news, my first reaction was one of indifference. But kind of the more I see how it's affecting certain people, I can't help just looking and going, if it ain't broke, why fix it? You know, what's wrong with the plastic card? I, mean, I know we've had, I did initially think, is that something to do with the pandemic perhaps? But I can't help thinking, is that really? Because, you know, they we've been encouraged to use contactless cards to pay for things for the last, 18 months or so anyway. So obviously it is something that we are we have been accustomed to doing in another walk of life. So I really don't understand the point of it, to be honest. I no, and it's and it's it is going to cause it's hard for certain people more problems. You know, you, if you have to print the tickets off somewhere, if the phone dies, like, I personally think myself, I'll probably be all right. I'll probably get on with it fine. But there are plenty of people who might not. And why should they have to miss out on on the football because of that? Steve, you've got Steve, you've got a few. Yeah, I have actually. I think the reason and purpose behind it is about sustainability, Joe. There's a big push in the world at the moment about things that we end up having to recycle or throw away. And I think what they're trying to do is move to more towards where a situation where we actually are not throwing something away. It can be renewable on the phone. I understand that there are a lot of people that aren't capable of using that and we shouldn't be forcing them down that route. But what we should be doing is encouraging as many people as possible to start converting over to that. Um, and I think it's commendable that we're trying to do it. However, the way we've gone about it, I think it's actually wrong. Just withdrawing it like that and saying, you know, putting a line underneath it's probably not the right way to go. But we should be encouraging people to do it more. But I think that's exactly it. Um, I, I do agree with your point about the sustainability, but like you say, they've not gone about it the right way. If, if, if it was an option and they said you can either have an electronic season ticket, but you also have the option to keep your old plastic card, I think it would be quite split because I'd probably be all right on that front, just having the electronic one. Like, you know, I, I never leave my phone anywhere. More likely to perhaps leave something out of your wallet the night before or whatever it's just like a decent alternative yeah I agree right. but it, I, we should encourage it I think that's what we should do alright let's, let, let's leave that there if you've got any thoughts on that let us know of course we're on Twitter at City 
City podcast and let us know your thoughts. Let, let's move to uh, our striking options. Uh, you may remember Sergio Aguero left the club last year. You, you might miss that. If not, you, you hear it here first on the Man City show. We're up to the, up to the minute on all the latest news here. You, we never fail to disappoint. Uh, so Sergio's gone. Uh, we played a lot of last season, as you know, quite successfully with a false nine. Uh, we've already touched on Gabriel Jesus. Uh, there is some rumour about a certain Harry Kane who didn't fancy training, so didn't turn up at Tottenham. Um, although he said that was never the plan, of course. Um, and Pep, when he was asked, again, surprisingly, was quite open and candid about it and said, yeah, if Spurs are open for negotiation, uh, we'd like to talk to them. So I was, again, surprised to hear that. Stephen, Harry Kane, proven goal scorer. With Sergio gone, we kind of need a 30-goal-a-season man. He, he's it, surely. He'd be a good signing, wouldn't he? Despite his age. Yeah, he'd be as close to a guarantee of goals as you can get. Um, he's done it for, for so long now in the Premier League. You, you just have to think, if, he, if we were to give him the amount of chances that we create throughout a game, with his clinical finishing, he'd score 30 a season for us. Um, it feels like we've put all our eggs into a cane-shaped basket. Uh, all the talk earlier in the transfer window, potentially Lukaku, potentially Haaland, throw in a Danny Ings for a cut price deal. Like they've gone away now. It is so focused on Kane, um, which it's, a, it's strange. As you said in the questions, we went through most of last season playing a false nine. Aguero was out injured for, for pretty much the season. Jesus never really fired. And we've spoken already tonight about how even if he was available, you might consider playing a midfielder and float around. So, um, it, it feels we will go all out for Kane. I think a lot now depends on his attitude at, at Spurs in the next couple of weeks. If he sort of commits to them and trains and says he's going to carry on playing at, and try to produce his best form, even if this saga's rumbling on, then it might be tricky. If he throws his toys out the pram as he maybe has done the last week or so, it's a different question. But you get the sense Pep wants Kane. Kane wants to come to City. It's just a case of can we make that happen? Joe, your thoughts of Harry Kane? You'd be pleased to see him in a sky blue shirt and, and white shorts or sky blue shirt, short, whichever they've sorted out. This I think I think it's sky blue, actually, which, of course, we'll do a, a whole show on kit, I think. Not happy about the sky blue shorts, but I can't mention that. Neither am I, Nigel. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. Uh, for someone so young, I'm quite old school on that front. But uh, to answer your question, I'd love to see Kane come City. As, as Stephen says, he is a guarantee of, of goals and I, even last season, it, it sounds mad to say it because we won the title, but it's been a long time since our top scorer in the league had only got 13 goals. And obviously, we've been a bit spoiled for years with obviously Aguero was getting 20, 25 goals a year at least. Obviously, not, a couple of years before that, Sterling was starting to hit those sort of numbers. And we've had, and we've had people like Dzeko and 16 goals. So I did think at times last season, we perhaps did lack goals. And obviously it didn't matter in the end. You, you can never be disappointed winning the title. That's ridiculous. But I think we're going into a season where our rivals have strengthened. I think we're in, if we don't go out and get someone who's a guarantee of goals, we could be in danger of being left behind by a rival due to a bit of complacency. And I think as well, unlike in the past, where it's maybe been one team that's challenged, I think we've got at least three this season. I think you've 
you've got to look at Liverpool, you've got to look at Chelsea, you've got to look at United. And if if we were to make a mistake and think, oh, the false nine worked last season, we'll be fine. I think that would be suicidal, frankly. So if we can go out, I would personally throw the kitchen sink at getting Kane in because if, if we signed him, that's all these teams that have got a bit of confidence. They've seen us, obviously, until we signed Grealish, not really do much in the market, really feel they can challenge us the title. We got someone like that, I think, as well as it being a big thing on the pitch, psychologically, it would affect some of these other teams. So I just think it'll be a massive coup, both on and off the pitch for the club, um, to kind of, to just, you know, prove that we're, we're here to stay. We're not going to be complacent on the title. And he would, like you say, he, he, for him, it would be a dream to play with the the attacking options we've got. Steve, is Joe right? Uh, we, let's say we don't manage to get Kane. Let's say he, he chooses to stay at Spurs um, and we don't get him. Does that mean our chances, bearing in mind, as he rightly says, we've got Stretford who have improved. We've got um, Chelsea, absolutely, who, who have improved. Um, Liverpool again. Um, we won't win the title. Let, let, let's be as blunt as that. It's sort of, how can we possibly win the win the title with the striking force that we've got. It's gone if we don't sign Kane. Yeah, I think it makes it a lot harder. Um, what someone like Kane actually gives you are multiple options. He's not just a striker. He can link up play. He can drop deep. But he also gives you that ability when we've come up against this low block in the area, we struggle sometimes to work our way through it, whereas he actually gives you the ability for someone to chuck in across. He's got aerial ability. He can head the ball. We haven't had someone like that with that kind of level of heading ability since Dzeko. And Dzeko didn't play that consistently in his final season. So I think he gives you that extra option of something else we can do to actually break some of these teams down. Because some of them, let's face it, they start out defending against us their default position is we're not going to lose to City we're going to get a nil-nil draw if we possibly can and they make it as hard for us to score as possible and I think Kane gives us that ability to unlock that so yes I think without someone like Kane it's going to be a whole lot harder to win the league this year because people start to work us out um, so yeah I think we need to do something uh, Pep's right let's hope we can Let's finish off then with kind of a bit of a look forward to the season. And, and Joe, you kind of touched on it already with some of our rivals and how we strengthened. But, but Stephen, your kind of thoughts uh, about the season ahead. We've already touched on the fact that it wasn't a bad season, another Premier League title. Uh, we won the Manchester City Cup as it's now been renamed, as we know. Uh, FA Cup, we just fell short and, and we got to the final of the Champions League. So it wasn't a bad season. How do you see this season panning out? I think the... The challenge after a season like last year that we had is, is the motivation there to go again this year? Can you work as hard? Can you stay at the top when everyone's going to be challenging you? And I actually don't think that will be as difficult as it often is because fans are back and therefore, you know, there is that motivation to impress, you know, with people watching again because the players, I'm sure, get used to playing without crowds as much as we want to think, you know, football's nothing without fans. The reality is it, it was for a year or so. So fans being back, I think, will give us that boost. Other teams strengthening will give us that boost because we know it's not a case of, oh, we just roll up again and it's pretty easy this year. I think Chelsea will probably be our biggest rival. Um, so you've got to feel optimistic. Given the season we had last year, um, adding Grealish, potentially adding Kane to that mix as well, it, it does fill you with optimism. Um, 
And ultimately, it's just really good to be back in stadiums watching that City team because the football's breathtaking. Um, week in, week out, it's an absolute joy to watch. Provided you can get in with your electronic ticket, of course. That's, that's, that's the, the one proviso, of course. Um, Steve, your, your thoughts ahead of this season? I think the fact that we fell slightly short of what our aim was last year, which was to try and win a quadruple, I think that actually will give the players some hunger. Those that are there, I think, are going to be hungry for some level of success. Um, I think that we kind of need to get to that Champions League final again this year. We played Last year, we played 61 games out of the 62 that were available to us. The only thing we missed out on was going to the FA Cup final. Other than that, we played every single game that we were able to. And we fell just slightly short right at the end. And I think that is something that they'll be hungry to correct. And, and the new players coming in, Grealish, for example, hasn't actually won anything yet. So I'm sure he'll be hungry to get some silverware on the shelf and, and a medal around his neck, as would Harry Kane if he joins. So I, I think we need to step up another gear this year because the people around us have got stronger. Liverpool will come back stronger than they were last year. They won't have the, the slump that they had in mid-season because they've got Van Dijk back to uh, plug a gap at the, at the back. So I think that that should push us on to a new level and we need to. We need to get onto it and we need to get onto it fast. We don't need to let ourselves settle for 10 games this year. I think we need to be into it within two or three games. Yeah, the ubiquitous be... question, Joe Doherty first, Champions League or Premier League? You could only win one. New season, new question, same question. We're just in a new season. Champions League or Premier League? Joe Doherty. Premier League, all day long. Stephen Allwise. Premier League, all day long. Stephen Cox. I'm going to be controversial here. Premier League, all day long. (laughs) (laughs) That makes four of us. It's been a joy and a pleasure. Thank you to my three guests, to Stephen Allwise, to Joe Doherty and to Steve Cox. This is Nigel Rothbound saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.